Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Title 42 is about to be lifted in a matter of days, and that could make our southern border crisis turn into a border catastrophe. Likely House GOP Speaker Kevin McCarthy says it's possible that 13 million more migrants could cross our already wide open border in the next two years under President Biden, 13 million more. That is a stunning number. And joining us now to talk about all of this is Sarah Carter. She is a great investigative journalist, has spent a lot of time at the border. She's going again next week. She also has a fantastic podcast of her own. It's called Dark Wars the Border. Sarah, great to have you here on my podcast, especially on such an important time. Oh, thank you so much, Rita. And this is really, I mean, truly an important national security. I mean, I probably would say the most important national security issue that our nation is facing right now, because, and you know, it's not to sound redundant because so many lawmakers are saying it, and I'm grateful for that, but the border isn't just the border. The border is in every single community right now across our country. Is it stunning to you, Sarah Carter, that The border is so wide open. I think about the first responsibility of a president is to protect the homeland. How can you say that when the border is wide open? Right. No, you can't. And it is stunning to me. You know, Reed, I've been covering this border for nearly 20 years, believe it or not. I remember starting when I was in Ontario, California at the Daily Bulletin and first covering the border from Tijuana all the way to Nuevo Laredo, Texas. And I thought it was bad then, but I have never seen anything like it is now. It is absolutely unbelievable. The amount of people that are pouring across, the horrors of the humanitarian crisis that we report on all the time when you see children are being trafficked and the number of unaccompanied minors that are being brought into our country and then taken. And this is what our dark wars, the border is about. I mean, these children are literally taken from one trafficker to another. And we've seen that. And we've had whistleblowers come out the Department of Homeland Security whistleblowers that have made it very clear that these children are not being tracked even in the United States. And then to make matters even worse, Rita, we have the issue of the fact that we have so many known gotaways in our country. We're not even assessing the national security implications of that. We have over 90 terrorists that we have intercepted at the border, over a million known gotaways. Those are people that have never, ever been vetted. And among those, our intelligence apparatus says, yes, absolutely. There's a certainty that people have slipped through the cracks, that there are people that have come into this country that have not been intercepted, that are associated with terrorist organizations. So not only have we harmed the future, the potential possibility for attacks is is increased triplefold, but now we're saying, okay, we're going to pull away Title 42 and we're going to let the floodgates just go wide open and everybody and anybody can come into this country. And this is, I think, what is so concerning. It's the reason Kevin McCarthy brought up the fact that there could be 13 million people coming into our country within the next two years. I would guesstimate right now, just based on studies that have been done, 
legitimate studies on immigration that suggest we already have nearly 20 million inside the United States people that are here illegally. But far worse than that, I think, Rita, is that the Biden administration is literally perpetuating the abuse of human beings, the deaths of our children, narcotics trafficking, fentanyl, and literally making our Border Patrol and law enforcement of the last leg of human trafficking for some of the most horrific and nefarious organizations on the planet. So how bad do you think it's going to get when Title 42 gets lifted? I mean, if you look at how wide open, as you know, firsthand the border already is, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in just a matter of days. How much worse could it get? Oh, it's going to get bad. It's going to get really bad. I think right now, based on the numbers I'm hearing from people, 18,000 a day, 18,000 a day, people coming across that border. Right now in Matamoros, which is across the border from Brownsville, Texas, they're already seeing an encampment of over 6,000 people. That's just one small area, an encampment of over 6,000. We have people, I have sources in Panama, I've got sources in Guatemala, sources in Honduras and El Salvador. They're all saying that they're seeing an increase in the flow. And remember, a lot of people aren't even just coming from those countries, Rita. We're seeing people come from as far away as Afghanistan, Bangladesh, the African continent, various you know nations in the African continent, and the Middle East, East Asia. So the message is not just reaching the people in Central America and South America and Mexico. This message is heard far and wide across the globe. And not only are these people coming, I mean, and imagine the amount of money that is being paid to the cartels to traffic them into our country. But imagine what our adversaries are thinking. China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, terrorist organizations, when they see a vacuum like this, a wide open space where anybody can access. And if you're smart enough, you don't need to be that smart. You could pretty much fool our own government, the U.S. government, and get your way in. Because let's be frank, they are not vetting the people the way they need to be vetted. Our immigration and customs enforcement officers are saying that. We have Border Patrol agents saying that. Their hands are tied behind their backs. So is this bad right now? Yes, it's horrible right now. Is it going to be worse after Title 42 is dropped? Absolutely. It's the reason why Democrats and Republicans are both saying, whoa, wait a minute, President Biden, this is going to be really bad. Right now, I think they've guesstimated 47,000 people in Mexico have been held back because of Title 42, and then they're waiting to come across. So those people are people waiting to be processed that have not been allowed into the country. Now, Biden's already failed miserably at protecting that border. Title 42 was just a bit of a barrier that the Border Patrol had to hold them back, and now that's going to be gone. What message do the people who are crossing tell you? You've interviewed so many of these migrants firsthand. I've been down to the border myself. You have been down there so extensively, Sarah. I think, you know, you've covered it probably better and more detailed than anybody. What are they saying to you? Are they saying, yeah, why not come to America? It's easy to get here. 
Oh, yeah, I've heard that. I mean, I did a number of interviews on my Dark Wars podcast, especially when I was at in El Salvador and when I was in Guatemala along the Honduran and El Salvador border. And a lot of the people that were coming across, I did meet a lot of Venezuelans that said they knew that the U.S. border was wide open because they had family members that had made their way in and friends and they were making phone calls back and they were able to connect with the right coyotes and cartels and, you know, traffickers that would give them access uh, to the United States and, you know, and bypass any kind of security measures that we have. And of course, in Venezuela, the people are suffering incredibly because of Marxism. But overall, the general consensus by the most of the people that were coming to the United States said, yeah, I mean, it's wide open. We can get in there. They wanted better economics. That is not a reason for asylum. That is not an asylum claim. And it is tragic that there are people in the world that are suffering and their economies are in shambles or they live in countries that are mired by corruption. But we have specific laws in the United States that allow people to come to the United States and file legitimate asylum claims. And those are, you know, economics is not one of them. The sad part is, Rita, is that when you talk to them or when you talk to, you know, especially when you talk to maybe even the human smugglers, and I've done a number of interviews with coyotes and human smugglers, they actually train the people that they're trafficking to lie. So they train them on what they need to say to stay in the United States. And, you know, proof is so low here. They're not asking for any kind of qualifier or proof most of the time. If a person doesn't have for example, a criminal history that they can readily see that that is the United States government doesn't have access to their background or they don't see any kind of criminality or reason to deport them. They'll just believe whatever they say. So they could say, for example, you know, I'm afraid of the gangs in my village back in Guatemala and I'm in fear for my life. I'm applying for asylum. Okay, let's file that paperwork. You've applied for asylum. Take this paperwork and you're off. And that's pretty much what's happening. That's the reason why when I go to the airport, for example, in San Antonio, when I take off, I live in Texas now where I use, you know, Austin or I go to San Antonio or I'm in Houston, but mainly San Antonio. I notice this and you'll see it in El Paso, too. You know, I get on a plane and 15 or 20 or 30 or five of the people on that plane with me that morning are usually people that have already been processed into the United States, crossed in illegally. And I, you know, many times I'll be speaking Spanish or something and they'll hear me and they'll ask me for help. And I'll, you know, I'll ask them where they're from and I'll talk to them and they'll get on the plane with me and they'll tell me their story. I, the last time I was on a flight, I was sitting next to, believe it or not, two men from Cuba who told me their whole story and how they got into the United States and basically how they paid people in Cuba, you know, in the Cuban visa process to get to Jamaica. And they hooked up with a trafficking organization in Jamaica and were able to pay some more money to get to Central America. And then they made their way, you know, through Mexico and into the U.S. And they kind of gave me the run, you know, a short and sweet rundown of how they got into the United States. So, People all over the world are literally taking advantage of the chaos that the Biden administration obviously wants as their policy. There's no other way around it. I don't understand why. I don't understand why the Biden administration would want to put the American people and the people who are being trafficked in peril. You know, my mother was an immigrant. She came from Cuba. 
She actually came here in the 1960s to the United States on the Johnson Freedom Flight legally at, you know, when Castro had taken over the island and she became a citizen of this country. And I don't dismiss anybody's plight. I don't dismiss the fact that this is the greatest nation on earth. But if you care about the migrants and you care about the people, you have to have legal laws in place that will protect them and will protect the American people. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. So why this administration doesn't care about our sovereignty, why this administration doesn't care about the people who are being trafficked, and why this administration doesn't care about Americans and young Americans that are dying is like beyond me. It's really beyond me. I've just never experienced anything quite like this in covering the border. Do you believe, Sarah, that it's part of this sort of master plan, if you will? You know, I've talked to Chad Wolf and other folks, uh, Ken Cuccinelli. I know a number of folks that you know, too, as well, Homeland Security experts. And they have said that they believe it's sort of all part of this plan to basically suddenly give them all citizenship. We know that one of the things on the table is talking about giving amnesty to a couple million people. But suddenly you've got all these people who've come to America, come to a number of states that are red states predominantly. Also, you think about Texas and elsewhere. And suddenly they're going to vote for the person who let them into the country. That's the philosophy. Do you think it is sort of part of that plan? Because it defies logic why you would have such an open border for a security standpoint. I think it's absolutely right to be thinking in those terms. I mean, I don't understand what the process is if it wasn't. I mean, why is it that the Biden administration in particular, we saw this under President Obama as well, although Obama did move for deportations, but we saw a rise in unaccompanied minors because of DACA, you know, because of the DREAM Act. But what we're seeing now is something that we've never seen before. And there is no apology for it. There's no embarrassment of it. Like, oh, man, our policy is really terrible. We better walk this one back, right? There's no walking back anything. In fact, President Biden doubled down. I even said this on television the other day, like tripled down on his ability to just reign chaos at the border when he was saying in Arizona, you know, I don't need a reason to go to the border. I mean, there's other important factors. There's more important factors. Well, what's more important than 107,000 Americans last year that OD'd and over 60% of those were due to fentanyl and fentanyl poisoning? Say that to a mother or a father who lost their child because they took an Adderall on campus or, you know, somebody took a Percocet and they did not expect it to be laced with fentanyl. I mean, our citizens are literally being poisoned. It isn't even about overdose anymore. It's about counterfeit pills all over our streets. You know, say that to the child, the six-year-old child that I, you know, had to look in his eyes at a shelter for young boys in Mexico City who had been trafficked for sex, who had been trafficked for sex. They were being pushed towards the United States to be sold here. Say that to a young girl who had been raped multiple times on the way into the United States by the cartels. Nobody's going after the cartels. Nobody's going after the human traffickers. What about the children who are being used for organ harvesting? What about the horror stories that we're hearing about these encampments? 
you know, to say so blatantly that there's so many more important issues than the sovereignty and the national security of our nation and the basic principles that we're founded on. Like, I mean, who are we to judge anyone else or any other country when we're literally allowing, you know, these horrific monsters to traffic humans to the United States. I mean, we've basically made them a part of the process. I don't even know how to rectify that in my mind. So yes, what Chad Wolf is saying is true. I've talked to Tom Homan. I mean, we, (laughs) I get so frustrated and maybe it's because I've been doing this for so long, you know, but I just can't imagine what a legitimate reason would be Other than the fact, it's not about caring about these migrants. If they cared about these migrants, they would put a stop to it. So they got to stop with that. The only legitimate reason would be is that they are benefiting from this some way, somehow, for their own benefit, either for votes or they're also, by the way, lining the pockets of NGOs that are also perpetuating the trafficking. And by the way, a lot of that money doesn't end up in the pockets of the poor migrants that are being trafficked into the United States. A lot of that money ends up in those organizations' pockets, making people filthy rich. And a lot of times, I believe, those people are connected to people in the administration. So, you know, I think it's up to us as Americans and every single one of us, you know, all of the people that are listening right now, to ask ourselves those questions. I mean, do we want to be a part of this or do we want to, you know, be a part of putting an end to this? And the only way to do that is to really just, I think, demand that our lawmakers do something and say, you know, well, we're not going to put up with this anymore. We're not going to allow this to happen to our communities. And I tell you, parents out there are amazing. There are so many mothers and fathers that I've met along the way, my podcast, when I do this Dark Wars of Order, and I'm, I'm talking to people like Derek Maltz, he's a superhero, he's a superstar to me, always I out love there. Him. You yep. know, I know, isn't he the best? Isn't he the he best? He is. Fighting and by the, by the way, Sarah, too, before I let you go, too, I want to ask you in conclusion, in your podcast, by the way, and again, Dark Wars the Border is the podcast. It takes you inside. It's an in-depth investigation and expose of what's really happening there at the border by the great journalist Sarah Carter. One of the things you also do an interview with President Trump. What a contrast really quickly between what we're seeing now and you think about all the Democrats that were just, you know, talking about the conditions of the migrants and all the problems that they were claiming were going on under President Trump. And now to hear what you are seeing firsthand and what you're hearing about firsthand, it's, it pales in comparison. But your thoughts about a little bit about that interview with Trump and what a contrast and what he revealed to you. I got to tell you, I really the interview with President Trump is was just astonishing to me because he was the first president in all the time that I had covered the border, even covering under President Bush. I covered the border under President Bush. He was the first president that actually truly cared and wanted to put a stop to it, not because of the reasons of what the left says, not all that garbage, but because he actually cared about what was happening. He was actually moved and brokenhearted about how these traffickers were treating these young children. He was actually worried about the American people and the effects of having an open border in America. And you could just feel that sincerity. And he meant it. 
And another thing that I found really astonishing about the relationship President Trump had with our neighbors to the South was the fact that he always treated them as equal partners. He put everything out on the line. He never treated them like third world or like, I'm going to do this. And I've seen that before. And I covered the war in Afghanistan. And I remember quite well how things were handled on a foreign policy level. But President Trump always drew the line with the people he was dealing with directly, whether that was AMLO, whether that was you know, Jamate in Guatemala or Bukele in El Salvador, whoever he was dealing with, he said, look, here you have a choice. We can either work together or you can keep allowing this to happen. And we're just going to withdraw the money. We don't need to support you here. We don't need to send money to support this. And we're going to look at everything that's happening and we're going to make it happen. And I got to tell you that dealing with those world leaders the way that he did, they respected him for that. And I had a very interesting interview with President Jamate of Guatemala, and he said it. He laid it out. He basically said, you know, there was respect when Trump was in office. He said, I don't even know what's happening now. And he said to me, this is, you know, if you listen to the podcast, it's in my second episode. President Jamate said, you know, is this it? Is what we're seeing in America now the end of that beacon of light that we once all looked towards? And I think we really have to think about that seriously because the rest of the world is watching this and they are very concerned and they are very worried, Rita, that our light is dissipating. And I certainly hope that's not the case. And I don't believe it will be, but it is worrisome that other countries are saying, hey, you know, after what they've seen with you know, the craziness of the Russia investigations and what's happening at the border and the weaponization of our agencies inside the United States. I had a friend from Pakistan, and I'll wrap it up with this, a journalist who I have a lot of respect for, sent me a message. And he worked with the United States, by the way, a lot. And he sent me a message the other day and he goes, wow, Sarah, I thought this only happened in countries like Pakistan, like mine. He's like, I never would have thought that would have happened in the United States. And so that's what the rest of the world is seeing. And I think what President Trump did during his presidency was brilliant. It was brilliant foreign policy. It was valiant and it saved lives. I mean, feel what you want about him. Like him, don't like him. His policies worked and people's lives were saved. Look at what's happening now. Yeah, it is an absolute travesty when you see what's going on now and no comparison to the way things were handled before, especially when it comes to the border. Sarah Carter, thank you so much. And everybody, by the way, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also, make sure you check out Sarah's new podcast that just launched recently. It's Dark Wars, the Border Podcast to get more of this just really powerful and profound information. Sarah Carter, by the way, thank you so much for all you do to keep us safe. And you also, please be careful in all your travels. I know you're going to be going down a lot back and forth to the border, especially as Title 42 is about to be lifted. Please be careful. And we appreciate all your incredible firsthand reporting. Thank you so much, Rita. You're the best. Thank you for everything. And I look forward to having everyone listen to Dark Wars Pod. You could go to darkwarspod.com. Thank you. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. 
This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.